The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. John Gibbons joins us for our weekly environment discussion. So what's this about the Green Party leader, Eamon Ryan, looking for a countrywide deer cult, which I suspect he might have said before? Uh, Good evening, Matt. Yeah, I mean, deer basically uh, in Ireland, I think people might be a little surprised to hear this, that they effectively amount at this point to an invasive species. I mean, for example, uh, the the last statistics I could get on this is that in 2019, uh, we legally shot 44,000 deer nationally. And that basically means people are licensed by the state to go out and to be deer hunters. And the reason why the state licenses people to do this is that deers are um, very prodigious breeders and they have no natural predators in Ireland. So when you release, when there's deer... Well, you're not going to suggest they're bringing the wolves in again, are you? Well, here we go. I mean, the problem, of course, in all ecosystems where you remove the apex predators, you end up with chaos. And, and what we have essentially with deer and, and other uh, herbivores like, like, like deer, uh, goats and indeed sheep uh, in upland areas is they create uh, ecological Havoc. In what way? I was just going to ask, what harm does poor Bambi do that you'd want to shoot Bambi? Yeah, well, the Irish Wildlife uh, Trust had a look at this and they, they, for example, are calling on a major reduction, like a drastic reduction of the number of deer in the Phoenix Park because apart from people feeding them crisps, which is a whole, <laughs> a whole other day's story, um, what the deer basically do is they, they graze everything to the ground. So, for example, trees are unable to reproduce uh, because of the deer. So, normally trees obviously produce saplings. Those saplings are juicy uh, and as soon as they stick their heads above above the ground the deer unmolested will eat the saplings exactly the same thing happens in our uplands as well where either deer or sheep will graze off the saplings which means of course that we get no recovery of our native vegetation and also trees in particular so for example in the phoenix park we would expect an area like that which isn't subject for example to fertilizers and, and pesticides or at least very little you'd expect that to be a haven of wildflowers and bees and butterflies but it's not and and that's the effect of having a herbivore, like the like a prodigious herbivore, like the deer, basically grazing the thing into the ground. And they're really efi- efficient grazers. Do we have any idea of how many deer we have in the country if we know we're 44,000 a year getting shot? No, all we know is we have a hell of a lot. And they've now effectively become a nationwide invasive species. We have, we have the... Our, Sorry, are they not natural to Ireland? Well... To some extent, and I was looking at this, we have a thing called the red deer, which is which was actually brought here by our, our Paleolithic ancestors, brought the red deer here about 5,000 years ago. And I guess if you've been here 5,000 years, we'll put you down as native. So the red deer would be what we would call a native deer in Ireland. And then we have other species that, like the Japanese deer, the Sika, that were brought in in the 19th century. A lot of case, Matt, they were brought in uh, for, for sport. The, 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 the landlord liked to take a pot shot at something so they would uh, release some deer on the mountains. A bit like rabbits were released similarly in, 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 um, in Australia. Yeah, but the, the animal rights campaigner John Carmody said today that this is a short-sighted and unscientific view that has been proven time and time again never to be effective in dealing with the reported problems of deer and goats in the wild. He says any wildlife biologist or scientist worth their salt will join our calls to get Eamon Ryan to backtrack on this outrageous decision that plays into the hands of blood sports enthusiasts who will jump at the opportunity to get involved in the killing. Okay, first of all, I'm not a blood sport enthusiast. Absolutely, 100% not. We have a problem, Matt, because we have a lopsided ecosystem with no predators capable of hunting and managing deer populations. Therefore, untrammeled, deer do enormous harm. And by the way, it's not their fault. (laughs) They do what they do. They eat, they breed, they eat, they breed. And they're very successful at it. Now, in nature... 
what would happen is that as the deer population increases, the predator population would increase with them and they would manage the deer. The other thing, Matt, that predators do with, with uh, herbivores like deer is they prevent them from staying still in any one place. And what that means is the deer don't get an opportunity to destroy vegetation the way our deer do. And again, it's not their fault. They're simply following their instinct. And the problem here is that we have a system, uh, an ecosystem that has been decapitated by the removal of the lead predators. Let's move on because tell us about the Irish scientists who found that bees might be at risk from commonly used weed killers. Yeah, this is a study that was uh, conducted by scientists at, at Trinity and Dublin City University. And basically what they found basically are residues in nectar uh, that exceeded the European maximum permitted level of, of glyphosate in, in honey and in honeybee products. Now, what's interesting, Matt, of course, we've known <laughs> that when you use pesticides uh, like glyphosate is probably the world's most widely used. It's a herbicide side, by the way. It's Roundup, isn't yeah. it? That's yeah, if you like. That's what, yeah. one of the names for it. And what we call pesticides are any chemical entities, novel chemical entities introduced into the environment to manage a, what is called a pest. So glyphosate is probably the world's most widely used one. Now, we know in Ireland, for example, that we use about three thousand tonnes of pesticides a year. Now, you think of the size of our island where we, we use pesticides and we use it, obviously, number one by a long distance, is uses in agriculture as, as a, for weed management. It's also used widely by local authorities. It's a very cheap weed killer. It's used, of course, by gardeners. And you or I could go into uh, a garden centre, uh, into woodies, and actually buy glyphosate over the counter, no questions asked. These are potent, potent poisons that we're introducing in incredible numbers into our ecosystems with, in many cases, very difficult to quantify uh, impacts. But what we know for sure, Matt, is that the widespread, largely unregulated use of pesticides, herbicides, fungicides in Ireland and across the world is leading to the collapse of populations of wildlife. Yeah, but get back to the weed killer. I mean, people don't spray the weed killer on wildflowers, do they? Not there, of course, they shouldn't directly. But what this study uh, found, which made it quite unusual, is that they examined uh, areas of hedgerows where wildflowers shouldn't and were not being sprayed. But what they found is essentially that airborne uh, glyphosate is also being is is also, if you like, coming in contact with and being carried in these wildflowers, and. That has huge impacts because uh, people, I suppose, traditionally think of, of the honeybee as, as, as the, if you like, the iconic species. In fact, the honeybee is, is almost, a, almost a farmyard uh, animal by, by natural standards. What are the really important pollinators in Ireland and elsewhere are the wild pollinators. They depend on wildflowers. They depend on scavenging in hedgerows. So what we're finding is that wild pollinators, while while Products like glyphosate are aimed at their herbicides. Well, first of all, of course, they destroy the food source for, 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 for insects. But secondly, they can cause effects both in the intestine and also in the brain. So, for example, you find bees unable to find their way back to their hive. And if a bee can't find its way back, it's as good as dead. So, neurologically, the effects of the use of these, of these uh, chemicals are building and they're concentrating throughout our systems. One last one I want to ask you about. We started the programme talking about the new electric vehicle charging strategy. What's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, great. Uh, uh, about time, I would echo what uh, Geraldine Herbert said in, in your show earlier, and that is, it's, it's, it's a shame we didn't get cracking on this three or four years ago. But, uh, but, but we are where we, we are. We are where we are, as they say, absolutely. And of course, it's welcome. We want to see it. Uh, one thing, Matt, and I know you covered it extensively earlier, but one, one question that I kind of want to float out there in the breeze is, 
is that let's just say that we achieve our 30, 40, 50% EV penetration by uh, 2030. If we do that, uh, at the moment, the state pulls in about 6 billion euros a year in revenues from from the motor car, if you like. Now, that's broken down roughly into 1.7 billion VRT, 3.5 billion in fuel taxes and about 900 million in motor tax. We're going to have to fundamentally rethink how we raise that 3.5 billion in fuel taxes because we have to come up with a different system because obviously what's going to happen is the state's revenues from fuel taxes are going to be eroded. If we have a 30% penetration of EVs, that's at least a billion euros lost to the state. So we have to find new ways of raising the same money because, of course, that money is all about the huge costs of running, of running. well, first of all, of running our, our road and motorway network. And second of all, obviously, the government needs revenues. So we need to be super careful about that uh, over the next while. Thank you very much, John Gibbons, for joining us for our weekly Last Word on the Environment. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today, F-